Welcome to The Other Side of 40. My name is April Grant, and I'm here to help women make positive changes with their lives after the age of 40. Let The Other Side of 40 become your community to find inspiration and support to start the next chapter of your life. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of The Other Side of 40. This week, I have Jen Mann. She is the hilarious New York Times bestselling author of People I Want to Punch in the Throat, Competitive Crafters, Drop-Off Despots, and Other Suburban Scourges, as well as several anthologies and short collections. Her books are inspired by her immensely popular blog, People I Want to Punch in the Throat. Jen lives in Kansas with the Hubs and her two children, Gomer and Adolfa. No, those are not the real names. Their real names are actually worse. (laughs) Jen spends her free time crafting and volunteering with the PTO. Seriously. So welcome, Jen. As you see, that was a very much much lighter and funny um, intro than we normally have. We typically have very... um, uh, how do I say it nicely? Just, you know, resume quality, cover letter quality. A little quality. bit drier. Drier. Right. Yeah. yeah. I understand that though. Cause I mean, honestly, like when I wrote my book proposal for people on punch and throat, I wrote it very dry. Cause I felt like I had to be professional. Like I felt like, you know, this is how it to be. And my agent sent it back to me and she's like, what the hell is this? This is awful. <laughs> and so now I try to like, I try to inf- infuse my personality into everything I do, even my intros and bios. And that's, a, that's great. I mean, I think a lot of us need to really work on becoming more of ourself and who we are in all aspects in business and in personal. So tell us about your awakening moment. <laughs> Um, my awakening moment was probably, I would say it was in 2011. Uh, back then I was in my thirties, still my late thirties. And I was a realtor and I worked from home with my husband. My husband had been laid off during the, uh, the, the great recession and had never really found another job. He started working with me selling real estate and we actually made it work. I thought we'd get divorced, but we actually stayed together and started selling real estate. But then by 2011, I had kids that were, like elementary school, early elementary and, and uh, like preschool age. And so I was kind of in, I didn't really fit in with any of the groups. I was a work at home mom. So I didn't fit in with the working moms, but because I worked, I didn't fit with the staying home moms. And so I just was feeling kind of lost and I wasn't sure where I belonged. And I also had a lot of pent up rage and aggression <laughs> going on. And uh, my husband suggested that I start a blog and uh, he named it. He called it people I want to punch in the throat because I say it all the time. And so I started writing because uh, he was like, you know, you need therapy and we can't afford therapy, but writing might work for you. So I started writing and I started writing that April. And then uh, in December, I had a post that went viral wow. about my elf on the shelf. And when that one went viral, that sort of, that just sort of started everything. I'd always wanted to be a writer. I just didn't know how to do it. And I didn't have the courage to try it. And or the confidence. And um, that just sort of launched me. And it was either, it was my chance. It was either do it or don't do it. But if you, if you don't take this chance, like you're never going to get another chance again. And so I took the chance and I started blogging uh, every day for five days a week for the next year or so. And then uh, within a year, I self-published my first book. And then I just started kind of going from there. And 
I think I quit selling real estate about two years ago now. I, I finally left real estate so I could write full time and finally do what I want to do it. I just had my birthday this week at 49, which is still really hard to say. <laughs> I was like, I just made it into your podcast. I was like, I was telling my kids today, I was like, yeah, I'm doing this podcast. I need to guys be quiet. And, and I'm like, you know, it's for women like over 40. And they're just like, I'm like, I just barely made it, you know? <laughs> So they're like, well, you know, 50 is over 40. I'm like, yeah, but that's a different podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> no, no. Um, I have women of all ages. I the the oldest I believe so far is like 65. Oh, good. Um, so I have lots of time still then I could do the oh, podcast. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, and I've had women who found love for the first time. I think those are amazing stories. Oh, yeah. At 50. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but you said you had a lot, okay, there's a lot of things to unpack in just your little awakening moment. So first yeah. of all, you started your blog and a lot of people ask, you know, I, we've kind of crossed paths. That's kind of how we met is through the blogging world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people ask, how often do you have to blog? And for me, I never really liked talking about my family. So writing about them wasn't exciting and there weren't a lot of other entry when when I started, there wasn't a lot of options back then. Mm -hmm. um, so what made you do it five days a week? That sounds like a huge commitment. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, well, I think the commitment came from the fact that, you know, when I had my blog post go viral, it was read by a million people in 24 hours. And I didn't know anything about social media at that point. And so I quickly created social media accounts that night and sort of threw myself into the deep end of the pool and started learning. And that night I got 17,000 people to follow me on Facebook and about 10,000 people to follow me on Twitter. And, um, and at first I sort of was just like, well, you know, that was a good run. And, you know, I hope they enjoy the next blog post I write in the next, you know, three weeks. Because <laughs> at that point I wasn't writing on a schedule. And okay. again, it was my husband. My husband comes from he just comes from like a more of a sales background and he kind of looks, he helped me see it more as a business right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, if you really want this to work, you have to actually feed that beast. He's like, and he was looking at my analytics and he's like, these people have read everything you've written. Like they've gone back and read all your archives. And he's like, they need something new, give them something new. And so five days a week, I would give them something new so that they would keep coming back and I could keep growing it and then right. eventually turn it into a full-time career. Um, but as far as, you know, I mean, the thing was, is that I come from a little bit different background. I mean, I, I am, I was a, you know, a, a mommy blog, you know, but I was not, um, I was sort of the anti-mommy blog, you know, back then when I started, it was very much like, you know, rainbows and unicorns. And it was like, you know, I love baking with my three-year-old, you know, it's so much right. fun and so messy. And I was like, fuck that. And exactly. And so That's how I felt. I was like, I can't say a lot of great things about it. I mean, it's for me, it was just like, ah, parenting's cool. Like, I mean, it was fine, you know, and, and to me, my gripes were really about more sort of just like the culture around parenting. And like, especially when you have little kids, like, you know, so much judgment and so much is expected. And then I just kind of kept pushing back on that. So what I would do is I would either tell funny stories about myself or my kids or my husband, um, or I would kind of go through, if I didn't have something, a lot of times I wrote the night before, mm -hmm. you know, you read all these great advice where they'll tell you like, you know, sit down on Sunday and write a week's worth of blogs. And I'm like, oh. 
again, fuck that. <laughs> and so, so I would be up at like 10 o'clock at night and be like, okay, what the hell am I going to write for tomorrow? And, um, and, and if I still didn't have something, if I'd gone to bed and I still didn't have anything done, I would, in the morning, I would sort of look through, uh, the, like the parenting, like, like today's parent and, you know, scary mommy and kind of see like, what is the, what is the topic that's trending? You know, like today, I know everyone's talking about that, the shrimp tails that were in the guy's cereal. Have you heard this yet? Like, no, this I haven't. So this is like the hot trending thing on Twitter right now. Some guy found shrimp tails in his, um, cinnamon toast crunch cereal. My kids love cinnamon toast crunch cereal. We have boxes of it in our pantry. You know, I haven't checked it yet for her shrimp tails, but like normally I would have sat down and I would have written something about that. Like I would just sort of jump on sort of whatever it was trending and I would just add my opinion and my two cents to the whole, to the story. And so that would be if I didn't have anything else to say. <laughs> but unfortunately or fortunately, I know which is worse, but I could talk about myself all day. So. <laughs> So I could tell all kinds of stories. Oh, <laughs> I never no. out of content. <laughs> That's funny. My friend posted probably about four years ago. She said, what could you speak on an hour about? And I said, do you, does it need to have a point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if it doesn't need to have a point, anything, I mean, right. throw a topic out. I'll talk about it. I exactly. mean, about it, I may not have a, I may not come to a conclusion of any sort, but I could talk about it for an hour. Right. Um, and part of the talk may be about how little I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, to me, like the, in the blogging, I felt very little pressure on the blog because I felt like what's the worst that could happen is that all these people just disappear, you know, mm. and I don't know them. I was anonymous in those days. So, you know, no one knew it was me. My friends didn't know it was me. And so I was like, what's the worst that could happen? Like I could say something and people would cancel me, but I'm like, okay, I'm I'm still gonna, I'm still me. I'll still just do what I do. Right. So I, I don't know, but yeah, it was a lot. And I think I, I think I kept up five days a week for like, gosh, I think a few years. I have, I have over 600 blog posts out there now. Wow. And then I have about another probably 300 in my drafts. Cause that's the other thing. Like I'd start something and I'd be like, this is stupid, <laughs> but I can't throw anything away. You know? So I'm like, I'll just leave it. Maybe I'll enjoy it. You know, maybe it'll come back to me later and I'll figure out how to end that one or whatever. So so you also mentioned you had a lot of anger and rage would you be open to sharing a little bit about why you had rage going on back then sure i still do um <laughs> i think it's sort of it is a uh, it's a very big part of my personality and i used to kind of like i used to kind of push it down because you know nice ladies aren't mad and nice ladies don't say fuck and all these things that you're told and then i kind of when i hit my 30s i was sort of like no I'm mad and like more people should be mad. Like there's so yeah. much, you know, there's just so much shit going on in this world that we're like, again, like we're worried about shrimp in your cereal, but meanwhile, like, you know, people were killed in Boulder this week. People were killed in Atlanta this week. You know, it's like, like I'm just outraged constantly that, that more people are outraged. <laughs> so, and so I'm just, everything kind of irritates me and, and kind of bugs me. And it was interesting because early on in the pandemic, it was in my car. I used to go for drives because I had to get out of my house. And so I'd go for drives and I would just like blast music and just, you know, kind of screaming to the, to the void. And, but I was coming back one night and they had um, NPR on and they were talking about, they were talking about depression, how more people are depressed during this pandemic. And then they started talking about how like anger is a depressed, is a sign of depression. I was like, oh fuck, am I depressed? I was like, is that what this is? I'm like, I just 
thought I was angry at everybody. So I don't know. So it's probably something I should look into, but, um, but I feel like it keeps me warm at night and it keeps me, um, I don't know, like, I don't want to check out, you know, I don't want to stop being mad about things. I don't want to stop being, you know, and I try not to be outraged about whatever it is everybody's being outraged about, but I like to bring, I, I like to bring a spotlight on things that I think we should focus on and be aware of and that we should be mad about. And so, so I kind of partnered that with my humor. I do funny stuff and then I do really pissed off ranty stuff. And then sometimes the two worlds collide. Yeah, something about the pandemic released a uh, my angry side because I'm I'm high strung but laid back. If that makes any kind of sense, like there are certain things that I like in a certain type of way, but for the most part, I just like to go with the flow. Like I don't like to rock the boat, not because I'm trying to be nice, but because I don't I don't want to I don't want to do the follow up like if I say something, I don't want to like keep having a discussion about it. So if I rock mm. the boat, then we'll keep talking about it. And I don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and I've kind of gotten that way. You know, it's interesting you say that because now that I'm like in my late forties, the book, I was writing a book during the pandemic, which is really hard to do to try to do that and be funny, but I'd already signed the contract. So I had to do it, but it's all about midlife and and I've talked about that, that it's like in the last couple of years, like I used to show up to every fight I was invited to. And I used to like, and I wanted to end that fucking fight. Like I will be the last word. Like, yeah. you know, you will hear me and you will understand me, you know? And like, and, and especially if it was like in my, you know, in my niche of the internet, you know, I was like, mm -hmm. you come to my house and fight with me, I'm going to end you. And now yeah. it's like the last couple of years, I've noticed that I'm just like, I'm not in the mood to fight with you. Like, I don't even like, you know, like if you want to go yell at the moon, go yell at the moon. I don't care. You know. <laughs> oh so no! When people found out, so what? What I did, especially during the pandemic, which some people absolutely hate, is I'll say something like, "I'll make my point," which a lot of people will disagree with, and then I will unfollow the post and turn off the notifications. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, or I like to do the whole like. And the comment section is closed now. <laughs> you know, like, like, like I have said what I had to say. Like I said what I, I said, said goodbye. It's like you guys can fight about it. I said right. I'm going back to this. Yes, yes, and I think that's the thing too. And I think that my my readers, you know, they fight a lot with each other. And I'm always like, you guys can go at it if you want, but like mm -hmm. I'm gonna go for a walk with my dog. Like I'll see you guys later. Like I don't have any energy to fight this fight right now. Yeah. And I'll do it on my own post. And that's the funniest thing. They're like, you can have <laughs> notification on your own post. I was like, yeah, you guys can fight about it. I see the beginning part of the post. That's, that was my thought. I said it. <laughs> I said it. Now it's on you guys to figure out what to do with it after that. I'm going to try that tomorrow. I'm going to just put up something really controversial. Like, you know, how often do you change your sheets? And then I'm oh. going to walk away. See what people, because people love to fight about that one. Wow. No, I mean, I'm surprised at the commentary. I don't know if you saw it today on potato salad and whether eggs go in it. And no, I saw somebody mention that, that it was quite the hot topic, but I, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't, know it was a thing that people didn't put eggs in it. So I found out something new. See, and I hate potato salad, so I couldn't even tell you it has mayonnaise in it. And I don't eat anything with mayonnaise because I think mayonnaise is disgusting. So, and that's my hot take on that. You know, yes. like, I'm just like, you know, like, fight me mayo people. Like, I am a mustard person. Don't come at me. Yes, <laughs> <You know? yes. laughs> so, 
you started with people I want to punch in the throat, but you have grown that into a little niche empire. <laughs> so tell us about what other books you have, maybe your favorite one even out of the series. So I can never say I have a favorite because it's like saying I have a favorite child. So I always say it's the newest one. So the okay. newest one is called Traveling with People I Want to Punch in the Throat. Okay. And it came out, well, I think in January, I think it came out. And so, um, so it's my new favorite right now. And then I think, so, so I went viral in 2011 and then 2012, I published, I self-published my very first book. And that one was uh, spending the holidays with people I want to punch in the throat. And that one was actually purchased by Random House um, after I had self-published it. And then they also published another book from me, um, which is the competitive crafters drop off despots and other suburban scourges. And so they, they bought both of those books from me. And, and when, and the reason why they did was because when I published Spending the Holidays, I have to like pause and think what the names of these books are. I should have named my books a much shorter name. <laughs> when I published Spending the Holidays with people I want to punch in the throat, when I self-posted on Amazon, it went to the top of the charts. It, it like went way up there and was a bestseller. And that's what kind of got me uh, the attention of New York. And I was able to leverage that into a traditional book deal and that kind of thing. And so people word spread that that had happened, that I had sold a, a self-published book, that I had landed another book deal. And so I had all these people kind of coming to me saying like, how did you do that? Like, yeah. how did you go viral? How do you build your audience? How did you get these book deals? You know, how did you self-publish? Like all these different things. And I was like, I mean... I don't know. I mean, now I have written the book called How I F and Did It. And so now everything is in there. All my secrets are there. But at the time, I really didn't know what I had done. Like, I was just sort of like, I don't know. I just kind of like, I got lucky and then I worked my ass off. Like, I don't know. And so, but I had this idea though, because I, frankly, at that point, I was kind of exhausted from blogging every day and writing two books. I was sort of tapped out. But right. I was like, what if we wrote an anthology? Like, what if I just had to write one chapter of a book? Like, and with, with, with the holidays book, I had learned the hard way of what not to do when you're a self-published author. And I felt like, oh, I could do this better again. And so I invited like 35 of my friends and I was like, what if we all wrote one chapter and we put this book together and I'll publish it and I'll, I'll get it edited. I'll do all the work, but like, what do you guys think? And they're like, sure, let's try it. So we put out, um, it's called, I just want to pee alone. And Today, actually, just before I came on to this podcast, I was just reminded that two, year, two years ago, no, more than that, let me think about that, six years ago today, that little book hit the New York Times bestsellers list. Wow. And, but it was two years old when it did it. So like, that's the thing, like, you know, you think you're going to put these books out and you think they're going to like, just catch on like wildfire, but it actually takes some time sometimes to build up and get these books to like be popular. But that book did pretty well because when you've got 35 other people working with you to help promote that book and sell that book, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when the water rises, all boats rise kind of thing. And so we were all working together and that one did so well. And I really thought it would be like a one book. I thought I'd only do one. But then now since then, every year I self-publish um, a new anthology, I'll come up with the topic. I'll invite the people to join me. Um, which one are you in April? I know you're in one which I just want to hang out with you. I just want to hang out with you. So that's the latest one. That's the newest one. And, and so what I do is like, 
And there's, there's not like, I mean, sometimes I can kind of get a bad reputation that there's like a secret club that I have that I only invite, you know, people I like and people I love or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. What it is, is that most times I am throwing these, these anthologies together in like literally like a three month window. Like you were there, you saw how fast we did this. (laughs) Because it's like, I will literally wake up and I'll start, like, I'll wake up in the middle of night, the middle of the night and I'll look at my calendar and I'll start working backwards. And I'm just sort of like, and I'll have these windows that I've got that I can get stuff done in. And I'll be like, okay, well, if I did it now and I published it in three months. <laughs> and so what I do is I'll send out. And I, one time I did like an open call for uh, submissions and it was really not very good because I had way too much to read and there really wasn't, um, it wasn't what I was looking for. Mm. And so now what I do is I do have a certain list. Basically anyone I have now, how many books do I have now? That I'm looking over there at the shelf to see how many I have. I think we have, I think we're up to eight uh, of the anthologies. Mm-hmm. And so anybody who's ever been in my anthologies is always invited back for like the next anthology. Okay. And then what I do is I ask them, like, help me find some new voices. Like help me find some people that, because at this point I'm not really in the blogging world anymore. And I do prefer it to be bloggers because I'm trying to give people, um, writers another like a chance kind of like what I had because I know a lot of editors a lot of agents they follow me and they trust like my picks and so it has opened the doors you know for other people like I have other writers who are part of these books who are New York Times best-selling authors now in their own right um, I have one who won an Emmy for you know TV writing so it's like so like things happen and I'm not saying that I make those things happen but I'm saying that right. like it doesn't you're, hurt you know you're helping with the exposure that gets it out there and gives them yeah. a different platform Right. And so, so what I always say on these kinds of shows, when I talk about this is that if you are a writer and you want to be considered, I have a spreadsheet, email me and I will put you on my spreadsheet and I'll take a look at what you have online. And what I'm looking for is a strong voice, but, and, and I'm not necessarily looking for a large social media. I mean, I have over a million followers at this point. So at this point, like I can do the heavy lifting with it. I'm looking for an engaged audience. If you've only got 50 fans, I want those 50 fans to be like diehard fans though. Like I want them to be like, you know, I love April. April's amazing. <laughs> you know, you know, I will fight about potato salad with you all day, April. <laughs> and so like, that's what I want is like engagement. I would just want to see that you have like engagement. And so, so if you want to be considered, just email me and I will put you on my spreadsheet. Wow. Okay. So you said you just kind of come up with the titles. And I joined the one with my son. Um, Mm -hmm. I just want to hang out with you. Had a very interesting, I don't know, weird things happen with him. It's good. We just, we went, so I wanted to take off this weekend. And so I just kind of told my husband, I want to go and I want to leave. And I'm leaving this weekend. And he was like, where are you going? By yourself or like with the family? Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) How do you do that exactly? I just said it. I I've been in this house for so long. We haven't gone mm-hmm. anywhere. We've gone. We've taken one overnight trip since the pandemic started, mm-hmm. and I think I was just going stir crazy. So I was like, I have to go somewhere. And you know, his response obviously was, "Are you going by yourself? Or are you are you taking me or the family?" I was like, I don't even know. But then I thought about it. My son has done even less than that. Like he's gone nowhere. Like mm-hmm. he he went to one beach day with his friends since this yeah. pandemic started. That's it. Yeah. So I said, hey, maybe I'll take him. So I started talking to my friend and I was like, 
looking at amusement parks, I was like, I know it's still pandemic, but you know, they're at 50% capacity. They take reservations. You have to, you know, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So I was like, maybe we'll go up to Orlando. I'm in Florida. Um, and just, and, and go to amusement park. So I look at them all and most of them are full. And so I looked and SeaWorld was open. Now, if you know anything about me and my son, we are probably the least interested people in animals at all. Like we don't care about animals. We are not fascinated by them. Um, We've never had one. He's never asked me for one. And, but I looked and there were rides and I was Mm -hmm. like, ah, we could do SeaWorld for rides price is good. It's cheaper. It's easy. It's available. So I talked to my friend and she's like, and I hadn't even told her about going to SeaWorld and she, we do Marco Polo. So I was like, what are you doing this weekend? She's like, we're going to SeaWorld. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes. And so, um, she got the annual passes, which came with free tickets. So then we ended up getting free tickets to go to SeaWorld. And so now I got to put together like some fabulous gift basket to, you know, say thank you. Um, and then we just hung out. And then when it got really busy, we left. And he was like, I didn't know you could leave. I was like, yeah, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to leave <laughs> and then come back. So yeah. we left during the midday, like between one and six, we mm-hmm. took off. And then we came back at, uh, after six and then finish out the day there. So, and these weird things always, everything seems to come through when he's around. I don't know why, yeah. like random things. That was a, kind of the story with in the book. If you read yeah. that, we went to Hamilton and that was an interesting story. Um, and every time I try to put him first, it's like everything falls into alignment. So he's like my good <laughs> luck charm. Yeah, he is. That's crazy. <laughs> So we had a fantabulous weekend. Uh, so you have written eight total or eight in the I Just Want To series and then more yeah. in the people I want to punch in the throat? Yeah, so we've I've published, uh, I think it's eight or it's, I just want to be alone, be alone, still. Yeah, eight. So there's eight in the I Just Want To Be Alone uh, in the anthology. So I only have one chapter in each mm-hmm. one of those. And then for people on a punch in the throat, there are now five of those, right? Yeah. There's um, holidays, suburban scourges, working with people on a punch in the throat, traveling with people on a punch in the throat. And then there's a book called um, just, just a few people I want to punch in the throat. And that was kind of like a weird, that was like a little experiment I did. Um, I started, I, I publish a lot on Amazon. Amazon's kind of my best place to self-publish. I get the, I mean, I'm, I'm wide, but I get the most interaction, the most sales through Amazon. Mm-hmm. And Amazon has this section where they just sell little short stories, like little short, um, either like a long essay or like, but they call them like 25 to 30 minute reads. Okay. And so I started because with people on punch and throat, a lot of times with those books, they have a theme, the same as with the anthologies. Like I try to come up with like an overarching theme that holds mm-hmm. everything together. They're all independent stories, but they all have they all fall under this umbrella. And and so I would have these stories that would be funny stories, but they didn't fall into an umbrella of what, you know, of, of where I could put them. And they were too long for the blog. 
because the blog is, you know, it's maybe a thousand words or less for the blog. And so I'd have like these three, 4,000 word stories. And so I started thinking like, what if I just like package them, like three of them as like, like this potpourri of like, you know, like a grab bag of just ebook and just see what you get. And so I'd put like three essays together and I called them just a few people out of Punch Throat and they were just ebook only. And they were like 99 cents and they were like, and they were also like, uh, I felt like they were like a gateway drug. Like, like, you know, if you don't want to spend like the full, like eight, nine bucks to buy a book or something right. like that, like you'd buy this 99 cent book and then you'd be like, oh, I like her, you know, or, oh, she sucks, but you know, so I got your 99 cents, bro. And yeah. so, <laughs> so, so I put those out and I had six of them and I had this idea where it's like, if I get six of them, six volumes of them, that's, you know, 18 chapters, which is a book. And so then I slurped it all together and I put out the paperback version because my audience was like, hey, you know, will you put out a paperback? And I was like, I mean, I can. I don't think anybody would really want it. Um, apparently they do because that book is a good seller. So, so who knew? So if you're a writer out there and you're like, and you have, uh, you know, I basically call it like my B-sides. Like remember when like, like recording artists used to put out like B-side cassettes? Like it's, yeah. it's my B-sides. Like that's what this is. And so, so I have that book. And so I count that as a people out of punch in the throat book, even though it doesn't really have a theme. And then I have um, How I Effing Did It, which tells you all my secrets about everything from blogging to publishing traditionally yourself and uh, social media, how to hit the New York Times, how to find an agent, all those things. And then I have um, My Lame Life, which is a YA fiction book. And I wrote that one a few years ago for my daughter. And, and I'm still, now that I'm in, so I, I've just finished Midlife Bites, which is my midlife crisis book. And I've turned it in and it's not coming out till January of 22. And so I have nothing to work on like between now and then, like I've never had this kind of break before. <laughs> like I normally have something lined up, but I can't, they've got me in a non-compete. So I can't publish anything. <laughs> so I got to just wait. So I'm going to start working on my lame life. Um, the second book in that, and maybe even the third book, if okay. I can get that done and get those together. So, um, but that's like a coming of age. It's like, to me, you know, the best, the best praise I got from that book, somebody early on, one of my very first readers, she, um, she didn't know me very well. She was a neighbor of mine and she just had bought it and started reading it. And she sent me a text message and she was like, this book reminds me of Judy Bloom." And I was like, oh, I'm dead. Like that's, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like a coming of age YA fiction book. I think that's everything. I'm looking at the shelves behind me. I think that's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. That's the people. So people I want to punch in the throat. You said that's from like anger and rage and your husband suggested the title and yeah. he's a salesperson. So he made you at least try to take it seriously from the blogging perspective. Then you rolled that into an anthology series of, mm -hmm. I just want to pee alone and the related titles. And now you're going into your third type of book of yeah. the YA series. And well, yeah. So the YA series was my third type and now I'm actually going to my fourth type. So, cause midlife bites is more self-help than I've ever done before. Like really? Okay. Yeah. It's kind of, um, you know, I describe it as, you know, uh, like, have you ever read like you are a badass? Mm -hmm. Like, 
Okay. So it's sort of like you are a badass meets like girl wash your face. And so okay. my thing is like, it's like, um, girl wash your fucking face. Cause you're a badass. Like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. it's going to be, it's something like that. I have to figure it out yet. What my, <laughs> what my hook will be on that book. But I wrote a blog post, uh, uh, two years ago when I turned 47, I had a, I woke up just sort of I'd gotten through 40 and 45 with no problem. And then 47, for some reason, just like kicked me in like my lady parts and was like, this sucks. And so I, uh, you know, I just was questioning everything I'd done and if I'd done enough and I was so old and, you know, my life was half over and what did I have to show for it? I mean, just all this stuff. And, um, and I wrote a blog post about it and I hadn't blogged in a while. I, I really don't blog much anymore. But I wrote a blog post about it and it just really caught fire and people were just, and it was, the whole thing was like, am I the only one feeling this way? And just women came out of the woodwork and were like, I feel this. And, um, and my editor at Random House was one of the people who read it and she sent me an email and she was like, what, this is your next book. Like, this is it. Like, let's do it. And so, so now this one is kind of like, it's like self-helpy in that, like, I tell you, I'm getting through this and this is what's worked for me. But I'm also still being myself where I'm just like, it fucking sucks. And I'm not really there yet, but you know, like I'm getting there. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I was just telling a coworker today that I did not appreciate He said, he mentioned that he was turning 40 and he was getting old Yeah, and he was, it was, it was very light. It was one of a Betty White meme, you know, gift that was like, I'm old, but lit. And <laughs> it was fun, but I was like, I don't really like the idea that at 40 year old, because if I live another 40 years, what am I in 40 years from now? Like right. you're just old, old, older, oldest. Like, well, that's why I just, I'm sort of embracing like middle-aged, like we're middle-aged. Yeah, I, we're just in the you middle. Know, and I started a private group uh, right after the blog post. I started a private group for uh, anyone who's, who identifies as female, who's like, who feels this way. And, and I don't really have an age requirement on there. You know, I don't, I just ask if you're over 40, I'm just curious to know. And, <laughs> and, but I love like the ladies that come in there who are like 35 and they're just like, I don't think I'm middle age. And I'm like, oh girl, you kind <laughs> of walk, come on. <laughs> like, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, have you, yeah, you kind of are, come on in, bring your mom jeans and come in. Yeah. And, but then we've also got like women in there who are like in their sixties and seventies who are like, you know, a wealth of knowledge and they're living their life and they're just like, just wait, it gets better. And so it's been great. No, I really appreciate your, your group. And, um, I like reading a lot of the commentary in there because the women do have so much knowledge and being able to share as well. Cause I do share, uh, <laughs> I do comment on a lot of posts. Um, but what I found actually is a lot of you know, younger women are attracted to the, this theme because they want to kind of know what's coming yes. um, for their future because and exactly a lot of talking about what it is to get older, how it has an impact on our career. And that's kind of what this, you know, this podcast is about is like, yep. what does that mean? when you get older and your kids finally move out of the house and now it's back to you, who are yeah. you? Then? Well, I think that's the thing because I came up with the mommy bloggers sort of at the height and my kids were three and five when I started writing about them. It's like now they're 16 and 14. 
they're not cute anymore. They're just obnoxious. And, you know, and I'm changing, like, you know, I used, to, and I was that woman who, you know, at 35, I was like, I'm old, you know, and now just like, okay, we're not old, we're middle-aged, you know, but I think, but I think that was part of it too. When I, when I kind of had my, my, my midlife crisis moment was that I felt like nobody had told me these things. Like, you know, I'd gone to my doctor and I was like, what is happening? And my doctor's like, oh, it's okay. You'll get through this. Like, and I was like, how soon? And he's like, oh, you know, five to 15 years. And I was like, oh my God, like eat a bag of dicks. No, like what? <laughs> and, and so I'm like, why didn't no one tell us? Like, you know, there's so much out there about like pregnancy and like, you know, getting those kids to like age five, but no one tells you about like TikTok and nudes when they're 15 and you know, like all that kind of stuff, which I'm like, I would rather potty train your toddler all weekend long than try to navigate my son's social media and figure out what the hell is happening and make sure that he's not, you know, saying or doing anything that could like jeopardize his college admissions that could, you know, it's like, you're constantly, you know, going through their stuff and you're like, what did you mean by this? Like, you know, like, and it's just a joke, mom. I'm like, you can't joke about that. No, that's not a joke. Don't joke. And that's, if you're lucky enough to know that that's their real account and they don't have a secondary account that you don't know about, that you can't see that, uh, you know, they're doing other things on. Yeah. I mean, I have my son, thankfully he doesn't do much. I tried to do the monitoring thing. I'm just not that mom. And my friend, my friend's like, you really need to watch more. And I'm like, do I have to? I mean, he doesn't go anywhere or do it. Well, that's, it. that's been kind of a nice thing about the pandemic. Like neither <laughs> one of my kids can drive yet. And so like, I'm like, they're right here. Like they're not doing anything in my house. And I mean, his social media, it's gross. Like every now and again, I check it and there's just, it's just a bunch of gross, you know, batshit crazy boy stuff. And I'm just like, Ugh. like, you know, and, and there'll be a few things I'll be like, Hey, that's, mm, that's too far. Like fix that, you know, but, but they mostly just, he plays video games and just talks trash. And, yeah. you know, and my whole thing is like, you know, people will say, I obviously I cuss a lot and people, you know, when my kids were little, I would talk about that. Like I could turn it on and off like a preschool teacher, you know, that mm -hmm. I could just be like, you know, Hey everybody, how's it going? And then I could be like, get your fucking house out. And, but now that they're teenagers, you know, it's like, they cuss. I know they cuss. And my whole thing is like, I just want to make sure that you're like, like you're, like you're using it appropriately. Like that's all I care about now. Like, you know, it's like, don't call someone a bitch, but unless, you know, he's being a bitch. Like I'm just reading grammar police when it comes. To yeah. Class. And I'm like, and don't send any photographs that you wouldn't send to me. And they're like, well, I'm like, okay, let me rephrase. Don't send a photograph <laughs> that you wouldn't send to your grandmother. <laughs> but it's been, I mean, I got on TikTok over uh, during COVID and I'm obsessed with TikTok now, thanks to them, because they—that's they, how they communicate. They communicate through TikTok and Venmo requests, you know. And I'm just sort of like, "What are you doing?" But yeah. I'm with you. Like, it's exhausting to check it all, and it's—and um, I feel like every now and again, like, because we have a rule that their phones and stuff have to come downstairs at night and get plugged in downstairs. And mm -hmm. Every now and again, I'll kind of scroll through it. But I'm like you, like you know, when you watch those news programs where they're like, you know, this hidden calculator. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what that now. Yeah. <laughs> I just trust it's a calculator <laughs> pretty much. And we have, I don't, um, we've started turning off the devices at night so they can't really do anything on it. Yeah. Um, but my, I mean, for the most part, he just plays video games into the night. So yeah, I mean, and he still plays yeah. like Mario Kart. He doesn't even play like the war games. He oh. plays Mario Kart and Splatoon. 
So oh, no, no, my kid is shooting people's heads off. I mean, yeah. he's always like, dude, dude, I need the grenade launcher. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, be quiet. I had no interest in any of those things. So I'm just that'd like, be nice. Eh. My daughter just she still plays like little kid games. Like she just likes to build houses and stuff like in Sims. And she's always like, my Sim is hungry. I'm like, good, go feed it. And then feed the dog. <laughs> I don't know. So what's next for you? So you have a book coming out, but, oh, well, you, I guess you kind of told us you have the YA series and you yeah. have the book. Is there anything else on the horizon? I don't think so at this point. I'm just kind of enjoying my time off. I'm, you know, I've always, it's interesting because when I first, you know, I, I, I have a degree in creative writing. I've wanted to be a writer since I was five years old. And I always thought I would write fiction. I just never even understood that nonfiction could be, nonfiction humor could be a thing that you could write. Right. And, and so I've always had this idea. I have this huge, like, you know, I don't know, Magnus Opus like in my head, like this huge fiction book that's like, I don't know, it's going to like cross genres and I don't know what it's going to do, but I keep saying that I'm going to write that during this next year. Then I'm going to sit down and really like, I have a lot of it kind of plotted out okay. and that I might just write that and then see what my agents, if my agents are like, what the hell? No, <laughs> just like, but, but then again, you know, it's funny because with my lame life, I tried to sell that first and my, my agent at the time really didn't like it. They didn't, they, I think the quote was, you know, this is nothing special. And I was like, cool. And <laughs> And I picked my daughter up from work that day or from school that day. And she was like, hey, did you ever hear from your agent? So I'm like, yeah, they told me the book is nothing special. And she's like, well, good thing you know how to self-publish, mom. And I was like, you're right. And so I self-published that book. And, you know, and it, it's hard for a YA book to find an audience when it's self-published. Um, those kids are not really on, you know, Amazon or whatever, mm -hmm. looking for books. But it's done well considering. And so that's how I kind of feel about this. You know, if I write this crazy, like, genre bending book and my agents are like it's not that special I'll be like good thing I can self-publish <laughs> I'll just put it out myself <laughs> I will say you have a very supportive corner over there you got your daughter you got your husband I'm sure your son's also supportive um <laughs> <laughs> he, he has his moments, he has his moments. <laughs> no um but tell us where we can find you well, um, you can find me just about anywhere, but I mean, my blog is at people I want to punch in the throat.com and you can read all the blog posts there. Um, all my books are wide. So wherever you buy books, you can find my books. You can also find them at a lot of libraries. And if the library, if your library doesn't have them, uh, you can request it and they will order it. I love libraries. Libraries are like librarians are my favorite people and um, they just want to help you find the book you want so I'm never mad when people will be like oh I'm sorry I got it from the library that's fine I love it because more people will borrow it then yeah. and um and then you can find me on social media all my social media links are on my blog but um but I'm also Jen Man a lot of places so I think if you google me there's an artist in Canada she's she comes up first I think and then I'm second so okay <laughs> you can find me there <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, April. This was fun. I had such a great time talking to you. And I think you could talk for an hour about anything you wanted to. I think you're right. So yeah, <laughs> I get to keep talking. I'm like, I got to cut it off because I'm trying to, I'm actually trying to get shorter episodes here. Um, oh, I'm terrible I, about that. Sorry. I, I'm tired. <laughs> They're getting longer and longer, but that's okay. <laughs> it's 
not your fault. Um, but I signing off now. Uh, and Femmes, please remember to give yourself grace. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Other Side of 40. You can find us at our site, theothersideof40.com and on Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Other Side 40.